everyone. Welcome to this episode of the Dorenda Wilson Podcast. I'm Dorenda, wife to one, mom to eight, nana to 10, and 28-year veteran homeschooling mom. Well, probably more like 29 years. I'm not even keeping track anymore. (laughs) Anyway, I'm also the author of three books, all of which you can find on my website, dorendawilson.com or at Amazon. But today I want to talk about thoughts on concerns about 2024. And I'm going to tell you why in just a minute. But right now, I really want to tell you about an amazing summer leadership camp that my friends at Excel College host. It's no secret that now more than ever, it is vital for our teens to learn to think critically and live wisely as they navigate the world and become who God made them to be. My friends at Excel College are passionate about helping young leaders learn to discover God's truth, discern wisely, and live wholeheartedly, and have fun doing it. If the teenager in your home wants to grow in their faith while building lifelong friendships and going on the adventure of a lifetime, send them to Excel College's Summer Leadership Camp. It's a transformative journey where they will go on thrilling adventures like camping, rock climbing, and whitewater rafting, and receive expert training and certifications in categories from CPR to wilderness first aid. Apply now at thexlcamp.org and select Dorinda Wilson for $100 off the camp. I'll leave a link in the show notes. I would also really love it if you have a minute and could leave a rating or review for this podcast. Um, it really helps get it in front of moms who've never seen it before. Also, you know, every parent's mission is to equip their child with the best resources when it comes to math. CTC Math is the beacon that lights up this path. Its dynamic approach makes it an invaluable tool for both homeschooling families and those seeking supplementary guidance. With lessons that capture attention and ignite curiosity, it has transformed many a reluctant learner into a math enthusiast. Grace, a dedicated mother, shared this. Witnessing my daughter's newfound enthusiasm and confidence in math has been nothing short of a revelation. Step into this world of enriched learning at ctcmath.com. I will leave a link in the show notes. So I have had this nagging feeling that 2024 is going to bring a fair amount of upheaval in our country. I don't think it takes a rocket scientist to figure that out. And maybe you've not really processed this yet. And that's one of the reasons I wanted to do this episode, because I think it's important for us to um, sort of get in front of things, um, if at all possible. But I had mentioned this uneasy feeling to my husband, and he's actually felt the same thing. Um, So I'm guessing that many of you may be feeling the same way, but maybe haven't really like processed the thoughts. And so I thought it would be good to take a few minutes to drill down on this topic for two reasons. One, so that we aren't carrying around this constant feeling of stress, which is what my husband and I were feeling. And we're like, okay, now that we've identified this, um, we need to address it. And so uh, the second reason that I wanted to talk about this topic is so that we can prepare our hearts by orienting ourselves toward God and the truth of his word. So some of the things that my husband and I talked about that we feel like might go on, and, and I'm only mentioning these things just because they're thoughts that I've had. It doesn't make it 
um, actually, this is not prophetic or anything like that. It's just sort of gathering um, just from what I've seen happen in the past, what we've seen happen in the last few years. Um, I can't say for sure, but some of the things I suspect might happen um, is just some upheaval. Upheaval with anything surrounding the election, uh, possible supply chain disruptions. Again, don't let this freak you out. Our God is in control. By the time we get done with this episode, I'm hoping you will feel equipped and um, confident as we move forward. I think there could be potential violence surrounding the election, um, violence surrounding supply chain shortages if there are any uh violence surrounding politics. I think every I think a lot of people are really tense when it comes to the political landscape right now, probably more tense than I've ever seen in my entire life. Um, but essentially, I think what we're going to be looking at is our multiple distractions. That's that if I were to put it into one word, I would call them distractions. And the reason that I call them distractions is because usually when something is yelling over here, there's something else going on over here that no one's talking about. But that is not what I want to focus on today. I want to focus on actually what I've been praying for, and that is to be the Proverbs 31 woman. Because Moms, no matter what is going on in our world, our calling has not changed. It hasn't changed in good times or in difficult times. So I want to start by reading through Proverbs 31. Now, we could go into a deep dive on this whole chapter, but I'm just going to read it to you to sort of skim the surface and sort of create um, an overall vision for where our hearts and minds really need to be as women of God in good times and in bad times. And the reason that this is so important is because the enemy is really, really, really good at distracting us, getting us stressed out, getting be, helping us like become more and more fearful so that we are ineffective within our homes. And so what ends up happening is the very thing that is ultimately going to be the answer in our culture, which is raising up a godly generation, uh, becomes affected by these distractions. So as I read through this proverb, I would like you to just just envision uh, what this might look like for you. Um, I know Proverbs 31 can be a little bit intimidating, but I think I think that there's some really good things here and there it's something that we should all be working towards. We're never going to perfect everything and this woman sounds perfect but I'm sure that she was not. Okay? She was just like you and me. So I'm going to read through this proverb and I just love for you to if you can um just close your eyes and sort of envision what this looks like uh for you. Proverbs 31. A wife of noble character who can find She is worth far more than rubies. Her husband has full confidence in her and lacks nothing of value. She brings him good, not harm, all the days of her life. She selects wool and flax and works with eager hands. She's like the merchant ships bringing her food from afar 
a little side note, I, I honestly feel like for us in this day and age, it's sourcing out good, nutrient-dense food for our kids. That means for me, sometimes I go to, you know, four grocery stores, order online, and, and go to Costco, you know? So um, she's like the merchant ships bringing her food from afar. She gets up while it is still night. She provides food for her family and portions for her female servants. She considers a field and buys it. Out of her earnings, she plants a vineyard. She sets about her work vigorously. I'm picturing enthusiasm, fully engaged, fully committed to prioritizing being busy at home as a wife and a mom. So making home a priority. It doesn't mean that we don't do anything else. But when those other things begin to negatively impact our home and our family, we choose to walk away from them and to instead um, keep family our priority. So she sets about her work vigorously. Her arms are strong for her tasks. I think I think of perseverance. I think this woman has been working hard for a long time and therefore her arms are strong for her task. Now, if our arms aren't strong right now, we can make them strong. We can work diligently and vigorously and enthusiastic so that our arms are strong for our tasks. Verse 18 says, she sees that her trading is profitable and her lamp does not go out at night. In her hand, she holds the distaff and grasps the spindle with her fingers. She opens her arms to the poor and extends her hands to the needy. So in other words, she has done such a good job of stewarding what she has that she has enough to help other people as well. Verse 21, when it snows, she has no fear for her household, for all of them are clothed in scarlet. She makes coverings for her bed. She is clothed in fine linen and purple. Her husband is respected at the city gate where he takes his seat among the elders of the land. She makes linen garments and sells them and supplies the merchants with sashes. She is clothed with strength and dignity. She can laugh at the days to come. Wow. She speaks with wisdom and faithful instruction is on her tongue. She watches over the affairs of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. Her children arise and call her blessed, her husband also, and he praises her. Many women do noble things, but you surpass them all. Charm is deceptive and beauty is fleeting, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Honor her for all that her hands have done and let her works bring her praise at the city gate. I look back at verse 30 where it says, charm is deceptive and beauty is fleeting, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. A woman who fears the Lord is a woman who has reverence and awe for the Lord. Fear of the Lord is not um, like this fear that he's going to punish us and he's going to beat us down, but it's this respect. It's this honor. It's acknowledging his power. So in every situation, we acknowledge that he is good and that he is sovereign and that he can be trusted. So I love that passage. And um, that was actually uh, verses, let me look here. Um, Proverbs 31, verses 10 
through um, 25. So, oh no, 10 through 31, sorry. I will leave that in the show notes so you'll be able to go and read it and maybe study it for yourself. So again, I've been praying that God would help me be the Proverbs 31 woman. And the verse that really came to mind when I was praying that um, was simply the one that talks about being clothed with strength and dignity, laughing at the days to come. What does that mean? It's not a naive, ignorant, um, assuming type of laugh. It's a deep trust in God. And it is it is recognizing that he is God and we are not, that he is good and he is sovereign over all things, that he loves his people, that he will provide, and we trust that he will give us everything we need for whatever the future brings. And that's what I've been praying for. And so laughing, being able to laugh at the days to come, confident both in my God and in my ability to uh, be productive in a way that is fully beneficial to my family. So with praying that, I've specifically been praying for how to prepare. You know, because the truth is we don't know. We don't know. I mentioned a few possibilities, but at the end of the day, we don't know. I think we feel that a little bit more after living the last few years and seeing so many unexpected, unprecedented decisions and demands made, um, shuttering the doors of our churches, uh, just so much upheaval. And so it's like we're more aware of what, that things could go a lot more sideways than we ever thought before 2020. Let's just be honest, okay? Now that can either lead us to fear and being driven by fear or it can lead us to trust and ask the Lord to um, teach us through all of this, to lead us through all of this. Ask him to prepare our hearts. That's where it starts, moms. Asking God to prepare our hearts and leaning into the Lord for wisdom, trusting him for our future um, for purchases that need to be made, for ways to stock up. Um, these are things that I just, I'm not on a rampage over here at, at the Wilson House, frantically trying to buy a bunch of freeze-dried foods. Um, we have some. I will probably buy some more because my husband said it would be a good idea. Um, he's telling me go to Costco and, you know, just buy an extra thing of the things we use regularly every time I go. So simple things like that. This is a discussion that should happen between you and your husband. Ask him maybe to pray if there are ways to that you guys can prepare. Maybe you can't afford to do all of that. That's okay. God knows. God knows. I think the biggest point here that I want to make is that we are just asking we're asking, Lord, give us wisdom. If there's something that we need, um, that we need to tuck away, would you just open our eyes to that thing and help us to follow through in purchasing it or trading for it or whatever? Um, I'm not saying that everything is going to come crashing down. Like I said, I have no idea, but I do have a sort of restless feeling that I feel like is the Lord compelling me 
to just pray about these things and ask him for wisdom. The second thing that I've been praying for, my husband and I have both been praying for, is that we would be full of hope, not despair, not fear, because as we move in, as these days unfold, we wanna be a light to the world. We wanna be able to help, whether that's physically, mentally, emotionally, or spiritually. But there is no way that we're going to be able to do that if we aren't praying for that ahead of time. We aren't putting our trust in God right now in this moment with all the things that are going on in our lives right now. We want to be hopeful and we want that hope to overflow to others. And I'm specifically wanting that to overflow to all of you as well. And that's one of the reasons that I'm doing this podcast. I'm gonna read a few verses on hope um, and I will leave these links in the show notes as well, um, or these passages in the show notes as well. He has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you. Man can only take so much from us. They cannot actually take the most important things from us, and that is our God. That is the God that we serve, the salvation that he has given us. That's 1 Peter 1, 3 to 4. Zephaniah 3, 17 says, The Lord your God is in your midst, a mighty one who will save. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will quiet you by his love. He will exult over you with loud singing. He never leaves us, moms. He never forsakes us. We are always his people, and he is always caring for us. Romans 15, 13 says, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. Moms, this is about keeping our eyes on Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. We need to keep ourselves oriented toward him no matter what unfolds. Romans 12, 12 says, Rejoice in hope, be patient in tribulation, be constant in prayer. 2 Corinthians 4, 17 and 18 says, For this light and momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison as we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. Again, we can ask God to give us eyes to see what is going what is going on, what's really happening beyond the surface. And I believe he's able and willing, I know he's able, but he is willing to do that. Romans 8:18. 8, he's willing to do that if it's good for us. If it's not good for us, he's not willing to do it. Romans 8, 18, the sufferers of this present time are not, oh, sorry, the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed in us. Romans 8, 18, God does amazing things through difficult times. He sanctifies us. He makes us more like him. He shows us so much more of who he is. He broadens and deepens our walk with him if we will keep ourselves pointed towards and oriented toward him. 
Romans 15, 4 says, For whatever was written in former days was written for our instruction, that through endurance and through the encouragement of the scriptures, we might have hope. We need to be in the word and depending on the word and praying the word and believing God's word and speaking God's word. Lamentations 3, 21 to 23. This is one of my all-time favorites. But this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. So moms, he has new morning mercies for us each and every day. We do not have to fret about the future. He is already there. He's already there and he's preparing it for us. But right now, we just need to absorb and use and live those mercies we have for today. So what we need to remember as the days unfold is a temptation that is very, very common. We tend to resort to human wisdom when we see the nations warring against God. And and what I mean by that is the way that the nations war against God is by warring against God's people. They can't get to God. They can't reach God. They can't do anything to get to him. So they war against his people. So I think it's important that we understand that we are to expect this. Like expect there to be pushback against our beliefs, against the principles that we are trying to live out, against the truth of God's word. We're seeing that already, but expect it and expect more of it and understand that this is the way it is. That the, Here's the problem, is we forget sometimes that Jesus is actually the king and that all authority has been given to him in heaven and on earth. In Colossians 1, verses 15 through 18, it says, He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation, for by him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in everything he might be preeminent. So the battle is God's, but we have to remember that he conquers through his people. We are the ones that he uses to win the battle. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal. God's enemies are fighting, but they're fighting against the only one who can save them or give them hope. Jesus is the only answer. He is the one we look to. He is the one we depend on because he will win this war. So we need to resist the temptation to pick up the weapons of the world and fight like them. We need to remember, moms, that the outcome is never in doubt. God actually laughs at the nations trying to war against him. You can read about this in Psalm 46. 
Now, I recently read a, in a commentary on Psalm 110, Matthew Henry uh, is giving his comments about uh, God ruling, Jesus ruling. And I, so I really feel like this was such a beautiful picture of the church. He said, he shall rule in the midst of his enemies. How does he do that? Through us, through the church, okay? Goes on to say, he sits in heaven in the midst of his friends. His throne of glory there is surrounded with none but faithful worshipers of him. But he rules on earth in the midst of his enemies and his throne of government here is surrounded with those that hate him and fight against him. Christ's church is a lily among thorns, and his disciples are sent forth as sheep in the midst of wolves. He knows where they dwell, even where Satan's seat is, and this redounds to his honor, that he not only keeps his ground, but gains his point, notwithstanding all the malignant policies and powers of hell and earth, which cannot shake the rock on which the church is built. Great is the truth and will prevail. Isn't that beautiful? We, as the church, we are the lily among thorns. Christ advances his kingdom through us by simply standing firm in the truth of God's word. So that's where I wanna go with this, moms. I wanna leave you with some suggestions, some ways to prepare your heart for the future. Um, these are good practices, regardless of whether we feel like the future is going to be uh, sketchy or not. Um, these are kind of just the basics, but they are absolutely essential. Number one, we need to orient ourselves toward God daily. So right now, right where we are, we need to be faithful in the little things. This is how he prepares us for bigger things. We need to engage in heartfelt prayer, not just religious prayer, not just saying the same thing, not that you can't repeat yourself, but you know, pouring your heart out to God, as David talks about in the Psalms. Be honest, be brutally honest with him. Ask him for what you really want and what you feel like you really need. So heartfelt prayer, read and meditate on scriptures that point to the greatness of God. In other words, moms, what this is, is we are worshiping him only. All the distractions that we have right now and all the distractions that are in the future are basically akin to idols screaming for our worship, demanding that we give all of our time and attention to them. Do not give in. Don't do it. Number two, practice putting on the full armor of God daily because our battle is not against flesh and blood. So what is the armor? Helmet of salvation. We want to take our thoughts captive to the obedience of Christ. The sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Timothy says, the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any double-edged sword, able to um, basically discern, uh, sorry, to divide the soul and the spirit, the joints and the marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. No creature in all of creation is hidden, but, but all things are laid bare before the eyes of him to whom we must give an account. God's word is powerful. It is living. It is active. It produces life. It doesn't come back void. So we want to wield that word well with the help of the Holy Spirit. 
The Word also says that God's Word is a light, is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. Sometimes it's just lighting up the next step, but that's all we need, moms. Okay, we want to we want to wield and take up the shield of faith with which we can extinguish all the fiery darts of the enemy. The breastplate of righteousness, that is the righteousness of Christ. All righteousness outside of Christ is false righteousness. We live in a very, very prideful culture simply because we have a lot and we've always had a lot. It happens naturally. We have to make a point of humbling ourselves before the Lord and recognizing that our righteousness is not before Him is not. It's nothing. It's as filthy as rags. But we have the righteousness of God to protect our hearts, okay? Also, we want to put on the belt of truth. We want to seek the truth, know the truth, meditate on the truth, speak the truth, hear the truth, see the truth, and live the truth. Truth is not subjective. We find the truth in God's word. And lastly, we want to put on the shoes, um, have our feet fitted with the readiness of the gospel of peace. We want the clearest version of the gospel on the forefront of our minds and on the tip of our tongues at all times so that we can share it with others, including our own children, right? We can remind our own children of the gospel. We can remind ourselves of it. Number three, minimize our exposure to the news, including social media. I have this no scrolling rule that I periodically invoke on myself. And it's basically, if I get on Instagram, it is to either, um, you know, answer any questions that people have asked or, you know, like any comments. You don't even have to do that. Um, I do it because I have, you know, people following me and I try to respond. Um, But if you really want, just pick out the people you want to see. You want to know what they're up to. Go straight to their accounts. Do not scroll. In a matter of seconds, you can see so many things that could be disheartening, discouraging, and distracting from what God has called us to. Honestly, moms, what I have found is that I typically don't need to look at any of that read the newspaper, listen to the news, I end up hearing it or knowing about the really important things. And in the past, when there was no social media and such access to news, I would just ask my husband to tell me if there's anything I needed to know. And if there, was, there wasn't, he wouldn't tell me. And I would just go on staying focused on what I'm doing. So, um, so we want, so invoking that no scrolling rule can be super helpful. I wanna tell you a little side note. My daughter was telling me um, that our son had done some research on the person who invented the infinite scroll. And he has actually said it's one of the things he most regrets. Isn't that interesting? Because he sees the devastation that has happened because of the ability to infinitely scroll. Number four, minimize your children from any conversations about present or future concerns. Moms, we've got to let our kids keep their innocence and be surrounded by as much truth, beauty, and goodness as possible. Create a safe and peaceful environment within your home. Celebrate and embrace simplicity with a focus on what is really important. And so many times it's the little things. But in other words, don't get distracted or deterred from your role at home. 
So I also want to leave you with some resources to continue to nourish your heart and move you away from anxiety and stay oriented toward the only source of true hope. So I have several links that I'm including. Um, One in particular that I would encourage you to listen to is the simple unhurried word of God, God's sovereignty, where I'm reading scriptures on God's sovereignty. And I specifically, uh, the simple unhurried word of God episode series is just me mainly reading scripture very slowly so that you can close your eyes and really take it in and meditate on it. I'm also going to include all uh, all of the episodes that I have, or at least most of them, on dealing with anxiety. Um, so I will leave that in the show notes. And lastly, I am reading a book right now that I am really excited about by Nancy uh, Lee Wolgamuth. Wolgamuth. I'm, I'm pretty sure I didn't say that right. But she used to be Nancy Lee DeMoss. Many of you may know her from Proverbs 31 Ministries. Um, just a very faithful older woman of God. She wrote a book called Heaven Rules. And she goes through, uh, I think, 10 chapters in the book of Daniel on basically God's sovereignty in all things, in all things. Um, She and I don't see eye to eye uh, in terms of end times, um, but I love what she has written, what she has shared here. She is just, she's amazingly uh, just such a faithful, faithful servant of God. And so I will leave a link to that in the show notes. And I will go ahead and leave a link to the end times um, short series that I did with Wes as well, if you're interested in hearing that. But I hope this was an encouragement to you moms. I just mainly want you to walk away understanding that we do not have to be afraid. We do not have to let things rattle us. Um, And they're going to sometimes, obviously. Things are going to be unsettling. We're going to have emotions about the things that are going on. Um, But I think it's really important that we keep our feet firmly planted um, in God's word, meditating on the truth. Instead of letting our emotions run us, um, we, they, somebody said they, they make a great warning flag, but a terrible GPS. We need to take our emotions and we need to yield them to the truth of God's word, the truth of who our God is. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you so much that you hold the future in your hands, that there is nothing that we need to be afraid of. Lord, there are there's so much going on right now and there will be more to come, I'm sure. But Lord, I pray for every mom listening that her heart would be steadfast. I was thinking about that that verse in Proverbs or in, in um, Psalms that says, um, basically the righteous man does not fear. His heart is steadfast, trusting the Lord. God, I ask that you would help us to remain steadfast for your glory, for your honor, for our own good, and certainly for the good of our families. Lord, may we be found faithful to stay the course and stay oriented toward you and who you are. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.